Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Lövenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Lead Gen podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand. I'm the managing director of Bright Vision as well as host of this podcast. Today, we're honored to have Corey Perlman with us, who's a virtual keynote speaker and executive consultant in the areas of social media and digital marketing and have written several books and is a thought leader in this space and uh, works on the firm Impact Social which helps business to strategize and implement digital marketing plans for companies across the globe. So uh, we will chat today about the topic, how to create engagement through social media. And with that short introduction, I'm so happy to have you with us here today. Hi there. (laughs) Hey, Jacob. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you, Corey. And I'm really excited to get the opportunity to pick your brain and, you know, dive into those topics uh, since, since I know our audience is really interested in, in, you know, creating engagement, which is so important for marketeers in the B2B space today. But before we do that, maybe you can just give us a little bit of background who, who you are and what made you become an expert in, in social media and digital marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for, again, having me on the show. And yeah, it's funny. It's like... Uh, I remember uh, some some folks, you know, they were title agents or bankers, and all of a sudden they became social media experts, you know. So uh, mine's a little bit different. I've I've been in the space for 15 plus years. Uh, I was in the tech space uh, prior to owning my own business, and we uh, we worked on a startup uh, back in in early 2000. And then I also worked for a large organization, General Motors, uh, in their e-commerce division. So worked under some very bright people in uh, the beginning of the digital era, if you will. And then went off on my own, as you mentioned, and uh, I wrote a book called eBootCamp, which was really just a um, simple, easy to digest guide to winning business on, uh, at the time was internet marketing before social media came around. And uh, I've always kind of, I think my claim to fame is just to, to talk in terms of the way people understand, you know, digital, not make it super complex because it doesn't need to be. And so that's what that book was about. And then uh, my second book was called Social Media Overload. And that was really about uh, businesses in particular trying to do too much and uh, trying to be, uh, as we say in the States here, a jack of all uh, social media sites, master of none, and instead focus on a few and do them really well. So as you mentioned, I own an agency. Uh, I've owned it for 10 plus years, and we've worked with over 100 companies on their digital strategy strategy. And uh, pre-COVID, I was uh, talking on stages and such, and now I'm talking in my basement uh, on a computer for my keynotes. So it's quite different. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, that's a new thing. We have to adapt. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, so uh, let's dive into this area of social media and engagement, creating engagement. So maybe we should just start out with defining a little bit. What do you mean, or could you give us an example? What do you mean with creating engagement through social media? And yeah. 
That's, that's a great place to start, Jacob, um, because engagement can mean a lot of different things. And we, we, I don't know if you know this or not, but we picked this topic at a perfect time because our, our agency, we do themes every month for our entire content strategy. And that might just be a helpful hint for those of you listening for your businesses is that we try to categorize one theme for each month that we do from a content perspective just to make it a little bit easier on ourselves to focus and kind of dive deep in one area. So this up, upcoming uh, area is going to be all about engagement. So that was perfect timing to have this conversation. Um, I think I define engagement as, uh, you know, different layers. It starts out with some sort of interest, which would be a like, you know, on Facebook, a connection on LinkedIn, a follow on Instagram. And then it goes deeper than that. Um, you, you then look for uh, comments, you look for shares, you look for, um, you know, a conversation happening within these platforms. And then the third area, which would be a conversion of some kind, uh, which would be a visit to your website, you know, a phone call, an email, a text, a chat through messenger, something to that effect. Uh, but those would be kind of the three levels of engagement that we look for and that we try to measure. And obviously the last one being the one that is paramount uh, for most businesses. Mm, yeah, so interesting. Uh, I'm sure a lot of companies uh, can agree that these are KPIs were interesting to drive, but so hard to, to succeed with <laughs> since everybody is competing on the same attention, uh, you know, your your social media is, is, you know, there's a lot of updates and posts uh, running by and so on. So where, what do you think are the most important things to focus on if you want to create engagement from, for a B2B perspective, so to say? Yeah, and I think the number one mistake that we as businesses make is we phone it in. And if that's a, uh, a localized term, phoning it in, at least in my vantage point, just means um, throwing stuff out there and not really giving much effort to it, right? Mm -hmm. So um, instead, I really recommend us really thinking of talking in terms of our audience's interests. And that's where I think we, we meet them where they need to be or want to be. And so these days are a great example. I, I talk to a lot of our clients about not posting things like we used to post, right? I mean, we're, we're facing different challenges today than we were six months ago and even three months ago to some degree. Uh, and we need to be talking to our clients about whatever challenges they're looking at today. So my first best practice for the folks listening is uh, to try to add value to where your prospects and clients uh, are looking for today. Talk in terms of their interests. One of the activities or actions I would give you is what are the frequently asked questions that you or your team get all the time uh, that you could answer on your social media? Uh, th that's a great place to start to get more engagement, to truly figure out what their challenges and potential problems are and help them solve those challenges. I think that's a really great way to start to get engagement. And then one other thing, Jacob, uh, it, with regard to, to getting an uptick in engagement is how you deliver that message. I'm a big proponent of video. Mm -hmm. I think that context, energy, passion, all those things come through via video. And, uh, and the social media sites that we uh, prioritize, which are LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, all three platforms are giving more weight to video than other posts uh, currently. They're trying to make their 
social media sites, video first platforms. So if we know that to be the case, it's not a bad idea for us to put more video out there in hopes for more engagement. Oh, that's so great. Um, video. Um, yeah. So if you're um, posting uh, content like that, if you have the capabilities to do video and understand your uh, buyer personas and so on and try to add value, where do you, th how do you publish that? Should you go broad or should you go small, you know, in terms of channels or what's your strategy? What do you recommend to your clients in terms of where they should post it? Yeah, good question. I think that um, part, partly, especially because you have a B2B audience and LinkedIn is probably, you know, a big platform. I would suggest for your listeners um, to go out and apply for LinkedIn Live. Um, I'm not 100% sure, and I apologize, I don't know what the, the ramifications or qualifications are for uh, other countries. I don't know if they're doing the same uh, testing or, or expansion that they're doing here in the States, but they have a qualification process, application, that you can go through to be able to run live video through LinkedIn. So whether it be now or in the future, as soon as you can, I would suggest at least applying. Um, the worst that can happen is that they say no. Uh, but eventually, I think we'll all have the opportunity to go live on LinkedIn. And the sooner the better. You know, it's a uncrowded uh, market right now. You know, if you go to Facebook or Instagram, everyone's doing live video. But on LinkedIn, they're not. So uh, I, would, I would try to get there as soon as you can. Uh, beyond that, you know, I think that um, pre-recorded video is fine. And I think that, uh, you know, there's some advantages to doing that as well. There's more editing opportunities and things of that nature. But, yeah, a couple best practices around video, short and sweet, uh, one to three minutes in length if you're just doing kind of pre-recorded added value video. I think conversations like the one that you and I are having, I think are great. So maybe if you have two people on camera that can uh, go back and forth and you can ask a couple of questions, I think is really helpful. Um, including subtitles or transcriptions below the video, the words that you're saying um, is really helpful because a lot of people watch video on their phone and, and have it muted. And if you want more engagement, which is what we're talking about, you want to have those words below. Uh, a great tool that I like to use for my uh, iPhone is a tool called Clips, C-L-I-P-S. It's, it's an app called Clips. And when I shoot my video from my phone, it automatically puts the subtitles in the video. So as I'm talking, the words show up below me, and then I can fix any of the words that it messes up. So oftentimes when I say LinkedIn, it thinks I said Lincoln, like Abraham Lincoln, and I just change that, uh, you know, over to LinkedIn. So, um, so yeah, so I think that, you know, uh, again, doing video. And then one other thing, uh, Jacob, that I would recommend around video is what I call episodic uh, type video, meaning um, consistent. So building off of it. So maybe it's once a week. It's uh, once a week you're going live or shooting video and it's the question of the week or maybe it's behind the scenes or maybe it's a client interview or even a podcast like you're doing now, but some sort of thing that builds off of each other. So last week we talked about engagement. This week we're going to talk about driving people, you know, and so on and so forth and sort of build that audience uh, week in and week out. Yeah, these are great insights. And um I think uh, we have a lot of things to, to <laughs> dive into here, but let's start with uh, the, the things about how to 
you know, gain momentum and, and hopefully getting your, your uh, audience to like and, and share and so on. So how, how do you keep the quality up when you still want to be consistent and how do you, how do you help your clients to manage that process so they can do that over time, so to say? Yeah, probably the, the, when I do my talks, um, whether it be virtual or on stage, probably one of the biggest takeaways I, I've heard people um, take from the sessions is creating a content calendar. And I think having a content calendar, we do this with our clients as well as when I speak on stage, um, why I think that's so valuable is it, it, it makes everybody be on the same team uh, in your organization. I, I think the biggest challenge with having a consistent social media plan or content plan is the disconnect between those that are not doing the social media and those that are doing the social media. So if we can get everybody together a little bit more, uh, it's much more helpful for the people that are implementing the social media plan. And so having a content calendar is key. What I mean by that is, you know, for example, uh, for a lot of our clients, Tuesday is Testimonial Tuesday. And that means that each Tuesday, our clients uh, are going to post something around a testimonial from uh, their services or product that they offer. And so everybody in the organization knows this. And so when uh, a salesperson's out on a sales call and somebody says, I just got to tell you from start to finish, this has been a excellent process. Thank you so much. That person can say, Ooh, that sounded like a testimonial Tuesday. And you know, that's super helpful for the organization, you know, maybe Wednesday is video Wednesday. And so that's the day that we know that we're shooting video. So everyone can start saying, Hey, I got an idea for our two minute clip. I heard a question from a client about, you know, blank. I thought other people might be interested in that. That might be a good thing for our video series on Wednesday. So having that content calendar puts everybody on the same page. And then the other thing that I recommend around that content calendar, Jacob, is having monthly meetings with the entire team so that the social media folks or whomever's running the social media can talk to the team. Uh, here in the States, just as an example, uh, if I were to have a meeting this month with my company you know, around our social media content, I'd say, hey, we're coming into November. I want to remind everybody we've got an election coming up. No need to post anything, whether you like it or not, you know, coming into this kind of thing. You want to talk about that so everybody's clear on what the, especially the company strategy is around this issue. And we also have, you know, Thanksgiving coming up later in the month and what our plans are for that and Halloween. And so, you know, everyone's having these conversations around what's coming up and uh, people can partake in that so that we don't make mistakes that could hurt or impact, negatively impact our brand. Oh, that's great. Content calendar and follow-up meetings to get everybody on, page, uh, on the same page. So great tip there. Uh, another thing I know a few companies that we work with uh, are struggling with is to produce quality videos. You know, maybe they don't have a spokesperson who is comfortable standing before a video or a video camera and so on. So how do you coach your clients to you know, produce content at the right quality level, so to say, where they don't overinvest uh, and just produce once every month, but also, you know, don't do crappy stuff. Where should you try to aim for? And how do you have any tips and tricks around that? 
I do. And that's, uh, again, I don't mean to keep saying these are excellent, but that's a great question. Cause I think a lot of people wonder about that. And it also is a, um, I think a little bit of a uh, hurdle uh, for, for some folks to jump over uh, to, to do it, right? Because they're concerned that it's not going to be good enough. So uh, a couple of things on that. Uh, lighting is very important. So um, I don't know if you guys have podcast notes, but I can, I'd be more than happy to um, send over some links that are very moderately priced technology uh, to, or an equipment to have to make your videos look very good. Uh, the brand of lights that I'm looking at right now that I have on um, are called Newer. Uh, N-E-E-W, I think, E-R. Uh, you'll see them on Amazon. Uh, but they're just basically stand-up lights. They're uh, under 100 uh, US dollars. They're not very expensive. Uh, but they're, they're bringing light down on, on me. Um, I think a tripod of some kind to hold whatever camera you're using. People ask me all the time if the iPhone is capable of doing these videos. Absolutely. The only thing I would recommend if you shoot from your iPhone is that you shoot horizontal instead of vertical uh, so you can capture more of the screen and it fills up more of the social media screen when you upload the video. Um, and, but I mean, obviously if you want, if, if, if it, it depends on the video too, Jacob. So if you are a real estate firm and you were doing a virtual tour of a commercial building, then I would recommend hiring a professional video creator to do that for you. Mm -hmm. If you're doing a weekly series on something in your office, it's perfectly fine to use your phone and some of the things that I talked about. And the last tool that I have, um, I mentioned you know, lighting, I mentioned the tripod for the phone, and then sound is very important. So there's some different mics, uh, equipment that you can get. The one that I have here is a Audio uh, Technica mic. It's not the best. There's a Blue Yeti mic that's really good on Amazon that people love. Um, and and there's, there's a lot of them. You can look at reviews on Amazon, but, but you don't have to get a $500 microphone. You can get a, you know, under hundred US dollar uh, microphone and, and get very, very clear quality sound. Oh, that's great. Yeah, good tips and tricks. And I suppose every company needs to think in those terms, you know, as rigging a small studio of some kind to, to get the quality up a bit. How do you train your clients to become natural in front of the camera? Do you have any tips around that? Yeah, um, and you mentioned the magic word, natural. I think that the, the, really the key is to not seem too scripted. What I would recommend if you're a, an executive listening to this and you're, you're thinking, yeah, video is going to be right for us, but I'm not super comfortable on camera, just write a couple of points and bullets down and, and go from there. The other thing is have somebody with you to interview you with. Uh, it'll make you much more comfortable uh, in terms of that. And there's the back and forth is very helpful. And then here's another secret tip for you. Um, if you're struggling on what type of thing to create, maybe do an interview series with clients uh, or past clients. So this is something where you can do over Zoom. You don't have to be face-to-face -face if you don't want to, but you can shoot these videos and invite clients to talk about different you know, business challenges that we're going through in the marketplace. But this is twofold. This is what I love about this strategy. One is you can add value to your audience, which is great. The second part is it brings your client so it makes them the hero, right? So if you want to give a win to your client, you bring them on to your show and, um, and, and they get the spotlight for a little while. And maybe you invite a couple of past clients or clients that are potential clients 
on that might end up doing business with you down the road. So there's a couple ideas to, to make you feel a little bit more comfortable in front of the video camera. Oh, that's great. Um, we all need to train on that, <laughs> don't we? But um, another follow-up question on that is, is um, when we're designing marketing content for, uh, you know, we, we typically do it in, in the inbound funnel with awareness and conservation and decision and so forth. How would you say we should think about those terms in, in social media and creating content? Do you, do you try to do decision stage content once a week or do you always go top of the funnel or what would you recommend for a company thinking about, you know, what, 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 what phases you should produce content in? Yeah, I think it varies a bit, but um, one in particular I think is super important is, is top of mind marketing. And so what I mean by that is um, you've done something to engage somebody, whether it be a LinkedIn connection, an email address, you know, Facebook like whatever, and they, they've taken that first step to engage with you. Maybe it's in January, but they don't have budget till October. So how do we stay top of mind and, and keep that awareness going? And I think social media is the prime platform to do that on. So mm. if we can do our jobs of truly adding value to these people, the win for us is not only that they trust us and that we've earned credibility, but the bottom line is, is we've stayed top of mind. Mm. And so when they're ready to buy, we're the first ones they think of. The example I use in this all the time was my life insurance. I met a gentleman um, who said I needed life insurance, and this was prior to me having children. And so um, I had no interest, but we connected on LinkedIn. Five years later, I have two, child, two, two kids, and wake up <clears throat> one morning and I say, oh my gosh, I need to get life insurance. And I run to the, the internet thinking, who am I going to get to help me with this? And I stumbled on LinkedIn for some odd reason. And this gentleman posted something. It was just like a, a motivational quote. And I was like, oh, yeah, Mark. Mark's a life insurance guy. And he got my business. So by being connected with him via social, uh, he stayed top of mind with me. And then one final thing there, Jacob, on um, your question I do think there's different stages to your point. There's the awareness side. Then there's the top of mind, which I talked about, which is adding value, building trust, credibility. But then we can't forget that last part, which is uh, conversion, as you mentioned, which is reminding people how to buy. And I think that's a key thing that we often miss is we don't hold the hand of our potential clients to how to buy from us. And examples of that might be, hey, we're running a free webinar. Uh, that you need to attend, or um, you know, we, you know, we here's a white paper or a report that I think you need to sign up for, which maybe gets their email address. Or if you're thinking about refinancing or buying or whatever, and you want to just have an, an initial conversation or consultation, here's how to contact me. So that last point of just letting them know super clearly, hey, if you're ready. This is how to contact me, I think is a critical point in seeing results from your social media. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, perfect. Uh, another question around that, you know, uh, the, the grow, holy grail of all social media is to get the really viral <laughs> post, you know, spinning away uh, far beyond your own network and so on. Do you have any 
have you any insights of what you've seen kind of content or topics or so on that's become the most viral ones that your clients have had? You know, <clears throat> it's interesting. I, I would tend to disagree a little bit um, with the Holy Grail only because I say the Holy Grail in social media is, uh, is referrals. Yeah. And the reason I say that only is, and I don't, and it's a slight disagreement, is just in the, in the fact that viral is very tough and it's super organic and, uh, you know, it happens in, in, in sort of a lot of ways that maybe we don't want them to, have, to happen, right? So I don't have much for you on that, but I do have on my other holy grail of referrals. And I will just say that, you know, um, first of all, being very active on social gives your clients more opportunities to refer you. And I just... For those of you who are using social, especially LinkedIn, but maybe aren't using it to the extent that you know you want to, just remember this, you know, 15, 20 years ago when somebody wanted to recommend you, um, you know, they, they called somebody, they told their neighbor, you know, it was one-to-one. Now, a LinkedIn recommendation, a LinkedIn post, a review on Facebook, an Instagram tag goes to many and it's extremely credible because it's, it's, part of our network. So one of the things that I highly recommend uh, folks that are listening do is to be more proactive in asking for uh, referrals on social. So when you have a client that is saying things like, thank you, and we appreciate you, and you rocked it, and we love you, you say back to them, thank you. And if, it, if you would, would not mind, the best way to thank me is to post about me. The best way to thank us is to post about us. And that might be a, a, a recommendation on LinkedIn. That might be a social media post. That might be a review on Yelp, whatever the case may be. But the bottom line is people are very motivated to post on social when they're unhappy. We need to find a way to motivate our clients when they're happy to post about us on social. So I would say the holy grail from in my world for social is referrals. And that's what I would recommend about that. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so true. And um, have you an example of a campaign where you feel that it really paid off, you know, where, where you hit all the, you know, where you did a home run and, and really felt that the campaign took off and created referrals? Yeah, you know, one that comes to mind is, you know, we work with uh, Dale Carnegie, which is one of our largest clients, and they're, you know, a training organization, global, one of the largest in the world. And I thought, I think back a few years ago, um, we did something we have, you know, that's very prominent here in the States is college basketball, and it was a March Madness tournament, and we always do March Madness, and everybody fills out their brackets uh, to see who's going to win, you know, the the tournament. Mm -hmm. And we got really creative for that month. And um, Dale Carnegie has 30 human relations principles. And roughly there's, you know, that many teams or a little bit more in the March Madness bracket, but we turned those into principles. And so we did a whole campaign around which principles would win this March Madness tournament. And it went super well. And I go back to your question of viral. It didn't go viral, but it got tons of engagement and awareness, way more than we've gotten the previous three months. And so some reminders I got out of that was talking in terms of their interests. And at that moment here in the States, most people um, in, for that particular week was very interested in March Madness. 
And so I think for the learning sake, for your audiences, what are your clients and prospects thinking about? Um, and is there a way for us to weave our content into what they're thinking about? And I think that that, that was a really big win for us. Mm, yeah, so true. Yeah, circling back to, to uh, LinkedIn also, which is one of the most uh, uh, important channels for, for uh, our listeners uh, uh, since they're mostly BB focused and so on. Do you see any trends around LinkedIn? You named, named uh, LinkedIn Live before. That was a great tip. But do you have any other tips and tricks to think about how to optimize your campaigns just for LinkedIn? Is that behaving different from the other social media channels you're working with? Or how, what's your experience you know, around that? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, a couple of things. I would say that um, starting with your profile, just making sure that you, your your profile is meeting uh, today's environment with when it comes to the LinkedIn uh, uh, usability and, and uh, their uh, the dimensions of their profile. For example, they changed some of their photo uh, sizes and, and how it appears online. So if you haven't been super active on your LinkedIn, say in six months, you may go to your profile and if especially if you put some content behind your background photo, the larger photo, it may look different now because in, um, on some browsers, uh, the, the profile photo now shows up in the middle as opposed to the, the left side. So uh, things like that, just making sure that you, uh, your, your profile is fully updated with uh, whatever current you know, times uh, LinkedIn has, has done in terms of their updates. Beyond that, I would say, um, as I mentioned before, as you said, you know, video in general, I think is, is really leading the way there. Um, a question I often get about LinkedIn is, is the premium side of whether or not you need to be paying uh, mm -hmm. for their plan. And I would say that I often recommend starting on the free side. For example, every LinkedIn tip that I give uh, is free, meaning that you don't have to be a premium subscriber to do it. However, if you do it enough, they will start to stop you and say, hey, you've looked at you know, so, certain, so many uh, third degree profiles, you can't anymore without premium, or you've sent a certain amount of messages, you can't anymore, or whatever. That's a good time to go to Sales Navigator or, or, or to buy one of their subscriptions. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily tell your entire audience to do that right now, because if they don't find LinkedIn to, to be you know, their, their go-to place, then it could potentially be a waste of money. And then lastly, I would just tell you, this is not a new strategy, but it is what I would consider to be the most valuable LinkedIn strategy there ever has been and ever will be. And that is the ability to see mutual connections on LinkedIn. So what I mean by that is, and I'll use you and I, Jacob, as an example. So Jacob and I now, you know, you've seen some of my value, you've seen some of my work. We are now connected. We'll definitely connect on LinkedIn. We have a relationship. Um, I may go search, let's say for, uh, you know, companies, whatever the cat can do a search on LinkedIn and find myself, uh, you know, in, in, in potentially a geographical area of Sweden, something to that effect, but I'm doing searches on LinkedIn and I see a company I want to do business with. And I see an executive there and he's got a number two next to his name. And when I see that number two, that means that that person has a mutual connection to me. And when I click on his name, I find out that he's connected to Jacob. 
And so in this great gigantic world that we have out there, I have just found a way that a company that I want to do business with happens to know somebody that I now have a value-based relationship with. And I could say, hey, Jacob, you know, I see that you're connected with Samantha at ABC Company. I'm just curious what your relationship is there. And you say, hey, you know, I've, I've been working with them for a couple of years. Well, why do you ask? Well, I see they have a, uh, an event coming up in 2021 I'd like to speak at. And, you know, would you mind sending me a quick, you know, sending them a quick referral for me? Well, sure, I'd be happy to do that for you, Corey. Thank you. So that connection, that, that warm lead happens so easily through LinkedIn. I can't even begin to explain to you how we would have done that pre-LinkedIn, how I would have ever known who your network was, Jacob. But I know that within LinkedIn. And to me, I, if I had a, a tote board, a tally board of all the money that has been made through that strategy over the years, it would be in the millions, potentially even higher. I don't know. But it's very, very high and very, very powerful strategy. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, I definitely say that I, I uh, don't use that strategy enough. <laughs> uh, actually, quite seldom. So. Thanks for, for uh, reminding us around that. It sounds really, really powerful. So great insight there you share. Um, yeah, there's so much interesting you're sharing here with us, Corey. And uh, I, we could probably go on for another hour or two, but I knew you were a busy guy. You were running your company and, and have a lot of things going on and so forth. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much. But for everybody listening in who wants to take more, you know, part of your content, your ideas, or, or want to check out your company, where should we send them? Yeah, so I have two websites I'll give you. Um, our agency site is impactsocialmedia.com. So impact, I-M-P-A-C-T, socialmedia.com. And then my uh, speaking consulting website is coreyperlman.com, Corey with an E. And P E R L M A N. So C O R E Y P E R L M A N dot com. Uh, and, you know, I can also, if you want to put my email address in the notes, I'll say it real quick. I'm happy to provide any, if anyone has any follow up questions, I'm, I'm very accessible and happy to help. Uh, Corey, C O R E Y at impactsocialmedia.com. Uh, again, Corey at impactsocialmedia.com. And yeah, Jacob, you, you, you asked some excellent questions. I hope that. Uh, we gave some some folks some really good best practices uh, that they can implement right away. I sure uh, hope they can. And I'm sure everybody, including me, have learned <laughs> a lot here today based on your experiences and insights. So thank you so much for that. And I wish you all the best with your speaking engagement and agency uh, engagement, uh, Corey. So good to have you. Thank you very much, Jacob. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.